Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Beat on this beautiful Thursday, February 3rd. We're already the third day of February. How's that happening? Thursday, February 3rd. And the alarms go off. What's happening? Ring the alarm. I've been through this too long. Okay, so let me tell you, that's one of my favorite Beyonce what? songs. My favorite, like definitely top three. I love uh, Freakum Dress. Yeah, of. Countdown. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ring mm-hmm. The, uh, there's a few of them. But Ring the Alarm, there was a time in my life when I lived in the valley with this girl, Anna. I was in a girl group. I thought we were getting signed to Interscope. Turns out we didn't. And she would play the song and I would be in the passenger seat. And Anna, an- Anna Kendrick, of course, we're talking Obviously. about. Yeah, she went on to star in Cinderella and other films. Amen. <laughs> Text me the other day. I would roll down the windows, put my feet out of the windows. It's like my favorite thing to do. Don't recommend it. She, I know, it was my 20s. I do it now today at 34. She would turn up Beyonce, ring the alarm. And I swear to God, I became like a different person. Like right now, I'm literally be- Ring the and I'm like ring the Because well, here's the thing: Beyonce went through an era before, like the lemonade sort of thing took over, and that became her persona, where she just put out bops, bops. like club hits left and right, Woo. and that was sort of that era. That was like B Day. That was like, uh, yeah, right before Beyonce. That album came out. That whole like there's like a string of like two or three albums where it was just music you can dance to. But also, I think I was going through a breakup, and like the way that you would sing mm-hmm. the lyrics, like mm-hmm. ring the alarm, I've been through this too long and i'll be damned if i see another chick on your arm we have have a guest coming to our wedding uh and we've been friends with her for years you might know her actually and her name's Allie, and she was at the beyonce concert years ago front row and beyonce had her put her mic down to have her sing part of the lyrics and she like belted them out and beyonce's like "Uh uh-uh get up here and she put it in her documentary stop icon the the entire thing of the girl belting of your friend belting it yes Honestly, as an artist, that so also she's going to be at our wedding, feel... so I might ask her to sing. Let's not do a duet with her immediately after you. Ring the alarm. We're going to do it. We're going to knock out rounds like the Voice. What if I just rang the alarm? <laughs> what if she started singing and I literally rang the fire just alarm? Started ringing an alarm. No, the fire alarm. We've gone off and the rails. And everyone had to go. We've gone off the rails. Right. It's 6.08 a.m. Get it together. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Uh, a little bit later on in the show, we are going to be joined by Dr. Alfie uh, for Therapy Thursdays. Also, uh, we're actually talking to Sire Clanky. Uh, they were on our show recently. Uh, we want to get their opinion on trans athletes and what's going on right now at the NCAA uh, and, and the situation with Leah Thomas at the University of Penn. It is dicey. It is it is messy, uh, and there's not just emotion involved. There's also science involved, and that's when things get really, really tricky. So we actually want to talk to a trans uh, athlete and get their take on this as well a little bit later on in the show. Um, 
But right now, it's time for news on the beat. Michaela, what do you have for us? All right, Babel, the National Governing Body for Competitive Swimming in the United States released a new policy for transgender female athletes, and it faced swift criticism from some advocates. USA Swimming, which has more than 400,000 members who compete on club teams all the way up to the Olympic team, released the Athlete Inclusion, Competitive Equity, and Eligibility Policy, which is effective immediately. It lays out two requirements for trans women who are members of USA Swimming. The concentration of testosterone in their blood must be less than five uh, nanomoles per liter continuously for at least 36 months before they apply to compete. And they must provide evidence that going through puberty as their sex assigned at birth does not give the athlete a competitive advantage over the athlete's cisgender female competitors. A panel of three independent medical experts will be charged with reviewing applicants and implementing the policy in a news release Tuesday, USA Swimming cited statistical data comparing male and female cisgender athletes who identify with their sex assigned at birth that shows that the top-ranked women in 2021 on average would be ranked much lower in male events across short and long swimming distances. All right. Uh, A triple whammy of sleet, snow and ice has bombarded a 2000 mile swath of the eastern U.S. And many Americans are now stuck in the storm with no electricity. More than 100 million people in 25 states stretching from the Mexican to Canadian borders were under winter weather alerts Thursday. Heavy snow began falling Tuesday and more than 20 inches had piled up in the Colorado Springs area. According to the National Weather Service, parts of Illinois and Indiana were inundated with more than a foot of snow. The heavy mixture of precipitation could deliver power outages, tree damage, and dangerous travel conditions. There were nearly 48,000 homes and businesses without power in Texas. As of early Thursday morning, more than 16,000 outages were reported in Oklahoma and nearly 12,000 in Arkansas. All right, let's go to weather. I mean, I feel like that was a good weather report. It's freezing everywhere. It happens second snow. Wow. Uh, wow. Well, I love it. It's, it's the awful. most. It's the most. That's what weather people should do. I Weathermen, wish. Weather women. Yeah, it's hot yeah. out today in LA. Snowing everywhere else. Got it. Give me a vibe. Happy. <laughs> Wait, let me do it for real. Okay, here we go. It's gonna be a high of 50 in New York, 66 in LA, and 55 in Vegas, 66 in Palm Springs. Okay, now give us a vibe. Happiness is not something ready-made. It comes from your own actions. You know who said that? Who? The Dalai Lama. The da- I thought you were gonna say Dolly Parton. Do you know that there's um there's a an ice cream place in LA called the Dalai Lama or the Dolly Karma or something like that? They make homemade ice cream and it is fantastic. Yeah. I'm gonna look it up for you and tell you about it in our next segment because you need to go there. Okay, well. They make their own uh, waffle cones too. Listen, why am I talking about ice cream at six in the morning on a Thursday? Yeah, because it's Thursday. It's Friday Eve. Oh, but their logo was a llama, like an actual llama. That's the difference. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Thank you. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. I love me uh, some Lady Gaga as much as the next guy. And I think that she is one of my all-time favorites. I saw her the very first time she performed Poker Face at White Party. I was front row. My friend caught her glasses. Remember she wore those, those glasses that had the stripes across them? Oh, my them? God, yes. Um, my friend caught them, and then a member of her team came out into the, the crowd and asked them back. So that wasn't really the best. But um, can straight people, straight men in particular, be fans of Lady Gaga? This wife was catching her husband 
uh, texting a random guy about Lady Gaga and wonders if he might be gay. Okay. What? This woman is 39 years old. She said, my husband's messaging a random guy. When I asked him about it, he insisted it was innocent. He said they were talking about Lady Gaga as they were both fans and offered to show me the messages to prove it. She goes on to say, my husband says, it is sad I have such little faith in him and he doesn't know how I can expect him not to talk to anyone. I replied that I don't think it's okay for him to start randomly messaging a gay guy. Am I being oversensitive and overreacting? She's thinking. Yes. Yes, you are. Listen, I met this guy. Gosh. He was like 6'2". He had cowboy boots on. It, I remember this because it, it did kind of shock me. But we were in Vegas and I was like, yeah, I have a show tonight. Um, oh, he was selling Lisa her car. And I was like, yeah, I have a show tonight um, and I'm singing with Lady Gaga's band. And he was like, oh, Gaga. Yeah. You know, I watched that documentary 5-2, and I can't get enough of her. I mean, she's really incredible. Yep. And I was like, what did you just... And he's like, yeah, I love her. I'd love to see her in concert. This very straight... Were you talking to my brother-in-law, Jerry? He wasn't Jerry. It sounds like something he would say. He was was obsessed with her. And I think that Gaga has this thing. I mean, Bradley Cooper could not say enough about her yeah. when working with well, her. she's a star. She's a star. And I mean, also, she's a musician. She's an actress. And also the toxic masculinity of it all. Yeah. To do that to your husband is like, what, if, what your hus- first, your husband can't have gay friends. You're worried that he might go out have sex with them. I, I've never understood that because because I, I straight couples are funny like that. My mom is a very jealous woman. She used to think that every single person who would even like say hi to my stepdad was like ready to get you know, jump his bones. And I'm like, mom, like he's cute, but he's not like a ten. I mean, let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> Kath, you're the it, only it, one he, who he, wants to jump his bones. Especially when he had his like his like super like thick like eyeglasses back in the day and his big old mustache. I'm like, come on, like you're into it, uh... but like, not everybody is. But she thought every woman in the world wanted her man. And I think some people are just like that. Jeal- also, Loki, I love that about Kath. Well, jealousy runs in my family. My grandfather was like that too, and I'm I'm not a jealous type. I, if I, as gay people, also like, what am I going to do? Say, hey, you can't be friends because when you're in a straight relationship, oftentimes the woman says to the man, "You can't have female friends." Cool. That's like saying to a gay man, "You can't have gay male friends," or to a lesbian, "You can't have any other lesbian friends." Like, I understand there need to be some boundaries when you're in a relationship. Sure, I get that. But try telling me I can't have any gay friends. It doesn't make any sense. Well, and also it's weird that he, like, look, he's a straight guy. Maybe he doesn't know if his other straight guy friends would be interested in it. Because it does seem a little, like, it seems funny to hear out loud. So he's texting a gay guy. He's like, listen, here's my phone. Read it. I'm not doing anything. I really think this is my brother-in-law. Yeah, this might be Jerry. Because he'll be like, he's like, yeah, I like, like, Dirks Bentley and, like, like, uh, Brad Paisley or something. But then he's like, but also Brittany is so fierce. And he does listen to our gay show every morning. He loves our show. Honestly, he listens to us from like construction sites in Kentucky. Honestly, here's your message and vibe of the day. Be more like Jerry. Be more like Jerry. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. That's right. We are The Morning Beat. And it's time for our first round of What's Poppin' for the Day. Michaela, what do you have for us? All right. There's a lot going on, honey. Uh, it's back on Whoopi Goldberg, and she is not happy. She's livid that they suspended her, and she's actually threatening to quit the show all together. Whoopi Goldberg. By the way, Goldberg is the most Jewish last name. There's literally a show called The Goldbergs that's centered around a Jewish family, and I just realized that. What was your family's last name before you changed it to Gordon? 
was Goldfarb. Goldfarb. Thank you. There it is. Tells everybody. 66 years old, she feels completely humiliated at being disciplined by ABC execs after she followed their advice to apologize for the ill-conceived comments. She feels ABC executives mishandled this. She followed their playbook. She went on the late show with Stephen Colbert and then apologized again on The View the next day. And people are saying that her ego has been hurt and she's telling people she just wants to quit. Uh, and I I feel like, you know what's crazy? The execs did what they had to do, but the Jewish community is literally saying, do not cancel Whoopi. Don't put her on suspension. Don't take anything away. Let this be a moment to have real conversations. You know how she meant it. We're not going to cancel her. And the fact that she's still in suspension for two weeks while she looks at what she's done. She's 66 That's years the old. Part. She's a grown woman. Don't talk to her like that. Here's the thing. She's also thought about leaving The View many times over the years. So this well, wouldn't surprise me. I feel like it's me. very toxic. It totally is toxic. And also, I'm going to take an unpopular opinion here maybe, but I don't think the network did what they had to do. I don't either. I don't think you have to always suspend everybody. I don't think you always have. like Because here's the thing. If we want... And I'm not condoning what she said at all. Obviously, she was way off base. And she apologized. If we can't accept apologies from people and create spaces to learn, our freedoms will be gone forever because this is a this is a talk show about opinions. Yeah. And if you can't share your thoughts on a talk show about opinions and then say, hey, I got that one wrong. I wasn't, ex- I wasn't an expert on that one thing in that one moment and I apologize for it the very next day. If we can't create space for that, these types of shows won't exist. Nobody wants to go into this field. I, like, like what we do every day, toes the line. Yeah. And and there are things that I've said in my life that can get me canceled. Like, does that mean I deserve to be canceled? Am I Listen, a bad guy? I no. used to do stand up, and if you ever saw that stand up set, girl, bye. I would have been canceled. Well, I'm gonna find it and hold on to that video just in case I get canceled someday. I'm like, well, she's you getting take canceled me down too. With you. Yes, of course. <laughs> Listen, I think that we let Trump get away with a lot. That part, uh, too. That's the frustrating part. Yeah. Like, let's just keep it what it, like, say it what it is. Yet he's able to run for president again, and, yeah. and Whoopi's From on a suspension. From prison to president. And did they ever cancel, did uh, Megan McCain ever get suspended for anything that she ever said? I don't know that she ever got suspended. I know that she was in hot water a lot of times, but like... Exactly. Joe, this is a moment where Whoopi was in hot water. Joe Rogan's still making millions of dollars. Yeah. He's allowed to apologize. Keep what? doing his podcast. He's still a, he did apologize, but I'm actually, and I might get canceled for this, I actually don't care about Joe Rogan. Like, let him have his podcast. People can have opinions that are different from ours. Yeah. He also addressed that he's not spreading misinformation. He had literally the doctor that came on to help find the Moderna vaccine, and that was the conversation that they had. Well, he's also had everybody on Everything's from all rights. Everything's not black and white. Yeah, I just, it's getting to be too much. All right, coming up, clearly I need therapy. It's Therapy Thursdays. How do we show up for our friends that seem to be strong? Uh, we're talking with Dr. Alfie, mental health correspondent and founder of the AA. K-O-M-A project. A coma project. Okay. okay. There it is. <laughs> Thank you. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Coming up this hour on the morning beat, it's Therapy Thursdays in about 15 minutes. Now, how do we show up for our friends that seem so strong but might be struggling internally? How do you know? Are there signs you can look for? Uh, we're having that conversation with Dr. Alfie Brilland Noble, a mental health correspondent and founder of the Acoma Project, going to be joining us here in just a little bit. Right now, though, it's time for news on the beat. Michaela, take it away. Okay, so protesters in South Florida Tuesday evening gathered at a local LGBTQ plus center to condemn a bill moving through the Florida House of Representatives seeking to limit discussions about sexual orientation and gender identity in public schools. Florida's parental rights and education bill, which has also been called the Don't Say Gay Bill, passed in the State House Education and Employment Committee in January. The bill, introduced by State Senator Joe Harding, would bar educators in Florida from talking about LGBTQ plus topics that are not considered age appropriate or developmentally, uh, developmentally appropriate for students. A nearly identical bill has also been introduced in the State Senate. Now, Lena Goff, an 11th grader in Broward County, Florida, who attended Tuesday's rally. What is wrong with me? Told CBS affiliate. Would you like me to start a list? (laughs) That she's worried the so-called don't say gay bill will worsen in the non-acceptance of LGBTQ plus individuals. It just should be more normalized and talked about in class and not that's the kind of touchy subject. Let's not talk about this, she said. Goff added that she's been an out LGBTQ plus person since the seventh grade. It's just obscene. I mean, shut up. Like, little kids know that they have crushes and start getting weird feelings around six and seven for other little kids. Like, you can't tell me that we can talk about little boys having crushes on little girls, but not little girls having crushes on little girls, when it's a very natural thing. I had my first sexual experience around that age. I was like seven or eight. And I never even, I didn't know what gay was. I didn't know, and it was with a boy. And I knew exactly what to do. And I never saw it anywhere. Nobody ever taught me. I just instinctively knew what to do. Of course, it was like, like it was child's play, but still. Yeah, it was nurse and doctor. But we were both. Playing doctor, house. Or both nurse. Or, yeah. And so like this idea that like we can't talk about things that kids aren't ready for. Guess what? The kids are talking whether you talk to them or not. Yes. And that's why a lot of kids end up getting trouble later on in life. So yep. let's like not go there. All right, it's going to be a high of 66 in Palm Springs, 55 in Vegas, 66 in L.A., and 52 in New York. I feel like you just told our listeners not to listen to the afternoon show here on Channel Q. Let's not go there. <laughs> I, uh, 
Okay, go there. I concur. Okay, go over you there. Have to choose to one show. show. I mean, we're well, obviously the one, but if you have time obviously. for a second one, let's go. There is fantastic. Maybe. All right, here's your vibe of the day. Happiness is not something ready-made. It comes from your own actions. Love that. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. All right, coming up, it's Therapy Thursdays, and we're talking how do we show up for our friends that seem so strong after the devastating news of Miss USA's Chesley Christa's uh, horrible death. Uh, Dr. Alfie, mental health correspondent and founder of the Acoma Project, joins us next. Channel Q. It's time for another round of Therapy Thursdays. Now, this week, uh, we're having a, a couple conversations that are just not easy to have, but so, so important. Uh, we're talking about mental health uh, and suicide and how to be there for those around you that might be suffering in silence. The story of uh, the suicide, the, the loss of life of Miss USA, Chesley Christ, the other day in New York City, 30 years old, um, and, and apparently took her own life. Her mom has now said that she was suffering from high-level depression, that she just dealt with it, uh, that is so relatable, uh, and also heartbreaking. So to help us have this conversation uh, and and do it in a way that can maybe help somebody else who might also be suffering right now is Dr. Alfie Breland Noble, mental health correspondent and founder of the Acoma Project. Dr. Alfie, thank you for being here. How are you? Absolutely, my pleasure to be with you, and I am doing just okay. I'm gonna be honest. I'm doing okay. Listen, if that's not the most most honest answer ever, you know, Dr. Alfie, I think that after this pandemic, we're still very much in the pandemic, but people were able to get such a release being able to leave their homes. And I remember losing my grandma in April 2020 and not being able to see my friends and going out and being stuck in my mind in my 500 square foot apartment. And it took a toll on my mental health. Do you think that the death of Chesley could have also been um, due to the pandemic and, and not being able to live the lives that we chose? Is that when high functioning depression really rears its ugly head? I think that you, everything that you said, you make super strong points. Uh, and then let me say, I'm sorry about the loss of your grandmother, because it's important that we acknowledge our losses. And, and it's really hard. Um, and so I just want to recognize that. And I think that Thank you so everything much. you're saying is exactly right. It is a struggle for us to try to maintain with all the pressures that we're feeling within the context of the pandemic, because we're already, so many of us are already dealing with depression, anxiety, and so many other things. And I think the pandemic it's just created and so much more isolation layered on top of that. So absolutely, I do think it can be a contributing factor um, to making people's challenges much worse and much more difficult to manage. Uh, it's it's so true. And and we, we are in this era where because of the pandemic, I think so many things are being brought to light for for communities that maybe weren't paying attention to other communities. Right. And mm-hmm. part of the conversation we've had the last couple of years uh, because of people like Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka and their strong, you know, stance on their mental health, and and we're hearing from, uh, you know, people like Stacey Abrams, what she run, went through when she ran for governor of Georgia, mm. strong black women, once again mm-hmm. on the outside, outside seem to be invincible, seem to be able to carry the world on their shoulders, and then we see Chesley, who was. One of, well, I think it was like five black women who won crowns that year, yes. like national crowns. And yes. that was such a thing that was celebrated, yes. right? And then yes. I think people have a hard time understanding how somebody who seems to have it all, the looks, the talent, the the, the, yes. the accolades, the career, 
how they could actually yeah. be suffering. Because I will tell you this: I, I also I had a I had a brush with suicide in 2016, and I've struggled with depression my entire life. And and it was a similar situation to this. And for many many years, my own family oftentimes would be like, "Oh, you're fine." Like just brush it off and keep going. Like you're, you're you have so much going for you. Why why on earth would you be sad? Why is it so much deeper than that? I think well, the first thing when you were describing what your own experience was, again, I just want to honor your transparency because not everybody feels comfortable doing that. So thank you for that. And I think what you do is when you share things that openly, you give other people permission to acknowledge what they're going through. And I think you know along the lines of your question. As you were talking, the first thing I thought of is this old poem by Paul Lawrence Dunbar called We Wear the Mask. It's really more about sort of race and culture, but I think it also applies to mental health in the sense that what we project outwardly to people is not always a pure and honest reflection of what we're dealing with on the inside. Sometimes people do that because they don't want to burden their loved ones. Sometimes people do that because they don't really know how to manage what they're struggling with, and they don't know how to ask for help. And so it's, sometimes it's easier to just to keep people away from you by putting on a mask and saying, oh, everything's fine, I'm good. I mean, I think, then when I think about social media, what do we do? We curate the best versions of ourselves. We don't share the stuff that's tough. Mm. Um, and so what ends up happening is people's response to that, they're responding to what we show them. And we don't always know that we need to dig a little mm. deeper and ask. And I absolutely think that was the case with her, too. Like, you look at her, she has everything. So, of course, she has no problems. And that's really not fair. It's always important to ask and learn more and listen with intent and listen to help. Well, Dr. Alfie, a point that was made by my friend Erica Cobb, she's a queen, she's another black woman, and she was on a panel, and she said uh, a point that she made that I listened to that I would like to share with our listeners and get your opinion. She said that we got to stop putting pressure on our strong friends. Stop calling them strong friends. Stop saying that they're the leaders because it's so much pressure. And in regards specifically to Chesley, not only was she a beauty queen and trying to be an activist, but she was also a black woman dealing with the pressures yep. of representing other black women in the best way that she could. Yep. And when you add on being the strong, confident friend, mm. it's so much pressure. And you don't want to ask for help because you, you don't want to burden people. But then you're left with nothing. I mean, how do you help somebody that's struggling like that? So I tell people the same thing all the time. I have a friend, um, you all probably know her, Sheryl Lazar, and then Ryan Mitchell. And I say the same thing to them all the time and everyone I know. And what I say is you're valuable because you exist. Mm. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anything. You don't have to have anything. You're valuable because you're here. There's so many people who are not here for various reasons, right? And we mourn them. And we, for many folks, I lost my mom about 15 years ago. I wish she were still here. And so what I always want people to know is I don't need you to do anything for me, for me to love you, for me to care for you, for you to be seen, for you to be heard, and for you to be valued. So I'm always trying to be, bring people back to that. And that starts with us, right? And so if people want to call us strong. It's not about what they say to us. It's about what we choose to respond to. So we don't have to receive that pressure that people want to put on us, right? And I, so I just tell people, you resist. Just resist. Just say, okay, thank you for the compliment, but I'm Alfie. I'm good. This is me. Like, I'm good in my body. I'm good in my spirit. And if we're not good in our body and spirit, then that's what we want to work on. So I try to encourage people to not take on the pressure of other people's expectation and other what other people want from us. we got to 
operate from a place of what we want and what we value and what's important to us. Dr. Alfie, you're incredible. And again, like you've acknowledged us and held space. We hold space for the loss of your mother 15 years ago. It can always still feel like yesterday. We hope to continue having this conversation with you coming up. How can we support the black community, especially when they are the community that experiences most of the trauma when it comes to police brutality and systematic racism? We'll continue this conversation next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of Therapy Thursdays. We're joined again by Dr. Alfie Breland Noble, mental health correspondent and founder of the Acoma Project. Dr. Uh, Alfie, thank you so much for joining us again. How are you? Of course, of course. I'm better having spent time talking to y'all this morning. There it is. Oh, I feel the same way about you, Dr. Alfie. That's called an improvement. I love it. Um, As we honor... (laughs) You know, as we as we honor Black History Month, and I, and I don't even want to say celebrate it, it sounds so weird, but as we honor our black brothers yeah. and sisters, you know, as, as, as white people, I think, I'll speak for myself, I think when it comes to like mental health and, and a lot of these conversations, first and foremost, we were not having them in my communities growing up at all, right? right? Um, right. My fiance right. happens to be black, though, and he says in his family, they still aren't having the conversations. So I think it's it's not necessarily just a cultural thing. Overall, mental health, there's a stigma attached to it, and I will say... As a white person who grew up in the 80s and in the Midwest, when I would see black people represented, full transparency, they were represented almost as superheroes in some way, shape, or form because they were like the Michael Jacksons of the world or the, you know, they were entertainers, they were performers, they were athletes, you know, or or MLK Jr. They were like these like figures that were, were not human almost. And I think that is so damaging because now as an adult, I live in a world that's full of color and, and vibrancy, and, and I, mm-hmm. I, know, I know better, but we mm-hmm. still have these expectations of black people. They can handle more physically. They're, they're stronger mentally. All these things, these ideas, and it's not true. So when it comes to mental health in the black community, uh, how can we do better? So one thing is, I, let me tell you what I appreciate about everything you just said. It's the acknowledgement. It is okay to say that you are a white person engaged to a black person, how you grew up and how that informs your experiences. Now, I feel like that kind of transparency, that's the way that we move forward. I think it's when we hide away from discussions about mental health, when we hide away from discussions about race, when we hide away from discussions about intersectionality, right? So being black and LGBTQ, being black and or disabled, right? If we hide from those things, we don't give ourselves the freedom and the flexibility to be fully unapologetically and authentically who we are. And those are the kinds of things that push people into the margins, push them into the shadows, and don't allow them to say, right, for myself as a black woman, if I have a mental health struggle, that's okay, right? It doesn't detract from who I am. It's brave and honest for me to say that. And I think this whole idea of us not having these conversations stems from, in many communities, particularly communities of color and marginalized communities, even if if those communities are white, Nobody wants to get pushed further out to the margins. And so layering a mental health concern on top of these other identities that we have and hold dear that are meaningful to us is really hard. And I think the more we can be open and honest, the more we can reduce that stigma and help people be fully, authentically and unapologetically who they are. You know, Dr. Alfie, I love being a woman. I've always loved being a woman, and I'm grateful for it. I think we're like superheroes for real. But I think that women have not been respected or treated well really ever we're trying to change that now in 2022 um but i 
I'm still white. I'm still a white woman. You know, I'm, I have still much different privileges. And I think that really who gets the worst at the bottom is black women. And I have been so influenced in my life by black women. Uh, I wasn't raised with my mom and the woman who kind of was the most nurturing to me was a black woman. And I used to watch her as she was sort of expected when she lost her mother, she was expected Mm -hmm. to continue on to everything as it was supposed to be. And I watched as though she wanted to have sort of a breakdown on that, people really got scared. Like they didn't know what to do. Like it was like, what happens Mm -hmm. when that force starts to crumble? How do we best support black women? I think we give black women space to be who we are. I think we give, we not, as we talked about earlier, we don't put so much pressure on black women to be perfect for the rest of us. I think that we give black women the opportunity to make mistakes. We give black women the space to triumph and to fail, to be fully realized human beings. And I think where a lot of times we get in trouble is we have these, outsized, ridiculous expectations of black women and black women, we ourselves internalize so much of what's going on around us, right? We have to carry the weight of the world and who's there to carry things for us. And so I feel like what I always want to say to black women specifically is, again, be who you are, figure out who that is, live your life from that place of authenticity and don't listen to other people's expectations of who you are, who you should be, who they want you to be. And I think the more that we can do that for ourselves, we can demand and require that other people show up for us in the same way. And so, you know, when we need help, ask for help. Don't worry about what other people are going to think when you ask for help. Figure out who the people are in your life, whatever race they are, who are going to give you the kind of support that you need to be the fullest and best version of yourself. And if those people spaces, things, institutions don't want to give you that space, you need to leave them alone, right? Nobody is worth your good mental health and your sanity. Nobody's worth that. And so we have to put those folks down, put those spaces down, put those jobs down um, to allow ourselves to to be whole and to be emotionally healthy and mentally well. Dr. Alfie, I do just want to apologize. I acknowledge everything you said, but one lesson I've learned, especially doing here, hosting at Channel Q, is that I'm working hard not to have black women and men come on and then say, tell me how to fix this. And so, first of all, let me apologize, girl, I'm trying. Um, And I'd like to change that narrative to a story we did a few weeks ago where we were talking about housewives um, on Bravo and how white women can have a meltdown and it's like applauded and then black women stand up for themselves and it's like the angry black woman. And I think that looking at the difference between that is something that is infuriating that we spoke on and also just watching how white people can react to a situation with police officers. They can have guns on them. And then we watch Uh our black brothers and sisters and the reaction is very different. And so I would just like to point out that I think as a woman and just as somebody here, I know AJ agrees with me. We talk about it all the time that we would like to also step in have these conversations so we see really how it is. I mean, the difference in treatment is unbelievable, and it's playing live on television. Well, and also, too, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, it is, and I think the more that we can have these kind of conversations like we're having right now and just be really transparent about where, like, if we feel like we've messed up, to be transparent and just, you know, to just acknowledge 
it's the impact, right? Even if it wasn't our intent, I have a dear friend, Dr. David Rivera, and he says it's not about your intent, it's about your impact. It's about what you just did, what you're modeling. That's what any of us would want somebody to do. And I think mm. the other thing is, what I tell people about angry black women is don't, don't resist that. Anger is an emotion. You are allowed to have it. Yes, I am black, and those two things can coexist without me having to apologize for it. So if I have something that I'm angry about, then I am going to be an angry black woman, and it's not my responsibility to make other people feel comfortable. And that gave me so much freedom to allow myself to say, yeah, I have a full range of emotions. They're there for me to experience them and use them, so I'm going to use them. So yeah. that's okay. So that's the only thing I wanted to add. Multiple yeah. things can exist at the same time. Who knew? We're, we're humans. Uh, I, I will say this. We would love to have you back as oh frequently God, as yes. you'd like to join us for Therapy Thursdays. Also saying that... We also understand, and, and to some degree we go through this in the month of June with Pride Month, it's also like during Black History Month to reach out to yeah. black people to have conversations about blackness and how, uh, I, I understand, so if you want to take the month off and you don't want to teach us anymore, I totally get that too. I hear it. But You're just know, all, AJ. I just, love you. Just know, I, I, listen, it's a stressful month for, for uh, all my black friends. Like, God, I, I don't know. want to go through this month again. I know, to... and I know better every year, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry. But, yeah. you know, ultimately... We're coming from a good place. Yeah, we want to protect our you. black brothers and sisters. You're a queen. You yeah. must be protected. And um, Thank we're doing you. our best. Thank you. Anytime you want me to come back, I I will be back. You all are lovely. Thank you so much for what you're doing and for having me. Of Thank course. you so much, Dr. Alfie. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. Um, okay, let's talk about... Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot disclose how I know this information. But the masked singer, Judges, walked off in oh, protest about this. after Rudy Giuliani appears. Okay, now I'm going to give you a little bit of insight. Insight that if I ever also, found Also, what's out, up with Republicans going on these reality shows? Like Sarah Palin was on there too. Well, Tom the Daschle thing. was on Dance with the Stars. So it's, was Sean Spicer. Because Fox, it, because it's Fox. They want to be cool guys. They're desperately trying to be cool. Fox is trying to do like shock value things. Yeah. Like they're trying to, like, fo- like I did American Idol on Fox. Like I know how Fox works. Didn't you 
work for Fox too? Fox 11, and I had a TV show called Hollywood Stay Live on Fox. Okay. I well, wasn't gay enough. Fox is a little bit, in my opinion, <laughs> it is just problematic. Yeah. And even that, not being gay enough. They you wanted know, like, me to be flamboyant and over the top, they told me. Yeah. Without saying the word gay. Right. Okay, so it's the first episode of The Masked Singer, and all is not going well. The jack-in-the-box doesn't do great. He takes his hat off, and it's Rudy Giuliani. Wait, he made it through one episode? Well, you, everybody does. Like, everybody performs the first I episode. I'm saying he got voted out right away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, low-key, I know some people over at The Masked Singer, and they let me know afterwards, that this after this got spilled, that he was really, really nervous. He, um was practicing like crazy and when he went out there he just forgot his words like he got so nervous he forgot everything he takes the the hat off now they have a live audience uh while everyone is performing but they ask the live audience to leave when they remove their costume because they're still filming it's not like like they don't want the audience to tell people so apparently the live audience leaves now it's just the judges for critiques he takes his hat off and Ken loses his mind. Well, he and Robin Thicke both like walked off. Robin Thicke walked off, but Ken gave him a full-on mouthful before he walked off. Wow. Uh, Rudy Giuliani started to cry. His wife, uh, the per- the woman that he had brought with, um, came out and was like yelling at Ken. It was like a whole moment, and um, it's stuck it casting, leaked. and you can't. It's so disgusting, like. It's so funny how the Republican Party, they're the ones that go do these things, right? Our, our former president was a reality star. Like, they're so desperate to be, like, popular and to be liked. Like, Rudy Giuliani, you single-handedly tried to steal an election and de- destroy our democracy, and then Fox turns around and gives him a spotlight on the masked singer? Like, what kind of freaking country do we live in? Like, think well, about I that, think how wild that is. What's also wild is the mass Singer sort of set him up. And that was essentially the question that the woman he brought with him. They had him dressed as Jack in the Box uh, clown. They had him singing. Well, he's a clown. So that tracks. But that's what I'm saying. Like, Fox was in on the joke. Uh, Rudy wasn't. And... So it's like he kind of felt like but he was brought how, out to humiliate him. But also, how delusional must you be? This guy, let's, let's think about this. Rudy Giuliani was one of the most admired Americans in, in history In my Italian for a long time. family, we were obsessed with Rudy he Giuliani. He was like a god after, after 9-11. Like, he was literally America's mayor. And how far he's fallen, that this is the reaction he's getting now. And that's not by any, uh, that that's because of him. Right, his own actions. Yeah. It's crazy. Ooh. I mean, listen, either way, I think that Fox set him up. I think that everybody reacted and it's going to kick off quite the season. Well, so. he would let them set him up that way. If he's dumb enough to go with that, it explains a lot about the last few years. He was dumb enough to. He thought it was not a setup. This is the guy who had a press conference for Donald Trump set up at a, at a next to a porn shop at a greenery. A hundred percent. But listen, you also have to think, babe. A like, nursery or something, right? Yeah, in the porn place yes, in the nursery. Yes. But you also have to think like, this guy's old. Like, he's not young. Shouldn't be making decisions that affect our country then. One million right, percent. Yeah. But I'm saying if he truly is making bad decisions, which he is, is he delusional? Maybe. And maybe he's old. And maybe, like, it's all catching up to him and karma as well. Like, I feel like he and Tom Girardi need to get a place together. Oh, my together. God. And be friends. Be roommates. That would... Could you imagine? Cellmates. 
And then Fox would make a reality show out of it. Yeah, and then Erica Girardi would probably come on singing the theme song. I don't know she's Erica Jane now till the day she dies. Got it. Well, it's... The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. This breaking news coming in right now. The leader of ISIS killed in U.S. Special Forces raid in Syria. This is coming from President Joe Biden. Uh, General Wesley Clark, uh, retired general, is uh, speaking on CNN just now. Apparently, the leader of ISIS um, literally took his own life in what is Biden is called uh, calling a cowardly move right now. Uh, that is the latest from Syria. I remember last time uh, ISIS. I mean, ISIS is not going anywhere. And I remember no. when I, I remember though when we got like Saddam Hussein and when we got Osama bin Laden. Like those things like seem so monumental. Yeah, it's almost like this is like a blip on the radar Nothing. now. But uh, happened just moments ago. Apparently, uh, that is coming from. Well, also, CNN. I think it's. Um why is it a cowardly like why is he calling he blew that himself a cowardly up because he didn't want to get captured a thousand percent but also should it be a celebration in a sense because it does sure he's gone yeah there'll be another one though yeah there always is yeah that's just happening live on air right now uh michaela though you do have other news for us what's going on all right well the national governing body for competitive swimming in the united states released a new policy for transgender female athletes and it faced swift criticism from some advocates USA Swimming, which has more than 400,000 members who compete on club teams all the way up to the Olympic team, released the Athlete Inclusion, Competitive Equity, and Eligibility Policy, which is effective immediately. It lays out two requirements for trans women who are members of USA Swimming. The concentration of testosterone in their blood must be less than 5 nanomoles uh, per liter continuously for at least 36 months before they apply to compete. And they must provide evidence that going through puberty as their sex assigned at birth does not give the athlete a competitive advantage over the athlete's cisgender female competitors. A panel of three independent medical experts will be charged with reviewing applicants and implementing the policy. In a news release Tuesday, USA Swimming cited statistical data on comparing male and female cisgender athletes who identify with their sex assigned at birth that shows that the top-ranked woman in 2021 on average would be ranked much lower in male events across short and long swimming distances. Okay, interesting. In other news, a triple whammy of sleet, snow, and ice has bombarded a 2,000-mile swath of the eastern U.S., and many Americans are now stuck in the storm with no electricity. More than 100 million people in 25 states stretching from the Mexican to Canadian borders uh, were under winter weather alerts Thursday. There were nearly 48,000 homes and businesses without power in Texas, as of early Thursday morning, more than 16,000 outages were reported in Oklahoma and nearly 12,000 in Arkansas. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather if that I, wasn't enough for I you. We should start pronouncing it Arkansas. Arkansas. Mm-hmm. It's Arkansas. I think we should. Dreams really do what's the, come what's the, uh, true. the capital of Arkansas? Little Rock. Good job. Are you guys so impressed with how I sometimes know some things that are, like, very random? Do you know I know that? Because I, um, this is so stupid. I sang at the White House when I was, like, 10 years old. I hate you so much. This is really the truth. You're so famous. And Bill Clinton was the president at the time. And I remember somebody going, did you meet Bill Clinton? And I don't know how I, like, there are small things that I will just remember so that I can sound smart when I say it. And I was like... Yes, he was, but then he had a flight to Little Rock, Arkansas, because somebody told me that, and I literally <laughs> remember, like, I was like, then he had a flight, and I thought people thought it was, like, a genius for knowing about Little Rock, 
Arkansas. My 10-year-old mind was wild, but i that's how I remember that. Nothing like your 34-year-old mind. No. Completely normal now. Listen, ugh, who wants to be normal? It's not fun. No. Also, what is normal? Nothing. Ew. Suck. And who knows about Little Rock, Arkansas when you're normal? Normal people. I, I normal did. people I did. did. Okay, yeah, I hear normal. that. I hear that. Okay, give us a vibe of the day. Happiness is not something ready-made. It comes from your own actions. Yeah, you can create your own happy. Yes. All right, well, speaking of happy, you are getting married in July. But do you have wedding rules? Apparently, according to this TikTok, there are rules that have been made. Would you follow them? Also, my wedding's in June, so... I said June. Book your flight. You said July. I already booked my flight yesterday. In June. Did I say July? Sure did. Did I... The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. All right, Michaela, I need some advice. Because as we get closer and closer to my wedding in June, um, people keep sending me all sorts of articles and, and, and TikTok things that are going viral. Apparently, people are sharing their wedding rules on TikTok. It's a thing right now. And so I got sent this one. And this girl has, uh, some of these are pretty basic, but I'm just going to run through them really quickly. And then I'm going to ask you if there are some rules that maybe I'm missing that I need to think about. Okay. Okay. No kids. But then she says some exceptions, which is really weird. That feels like it's a problem waiting to happen. Don't wear white. Uh, Bridesmaids can pick their outfit. Just match the color. No one else wears white. If you weren't invited, you're not welcome. No garter. Bridesmaids are all queer, I think. There's a rainbow there, so they have to be queer. Okay. Uh, My mom has creative say over everything day of. Take advantage of the open bar. No drunk drivers. Vendors get treated as guests when they take breaks. And no big announcements. Some of those are pretty rational. The one that stands out to me that I love is vendors get treated as guests when they take breaks. Obsessed. We did a story not too long ago about uh, they wouldn't let the vendors like go to the restroom or like get anything to eat during their time, during their break. Yeah, it was the photographer. And that's absurd. The, he yeah. couldn't take a, a bathroom break. He couldn't eat anything. Oh, so he everybody's left family. and destroyed the photography. It's like the Olive Garden. Everybody's family. You're here? Your family. Okay, so this gets me thinking, though. I see these trends. And they're all over TikTok right now. Am I supposed to be creating rules for my wedding? Because the only rules we have right now, and tell me, because I don't think I'm a bridezilla. I used to think I would be. It turns out that my partner and I are both pretty type A, and neither of us care all that much. Great. Like, we have wedding planners who are handling this stuff, but we're kind of like, oh, we don't want to figure out florals right now. We don't want to deal with it. And I thought I would love this stuff. And I really don't care. I just want to get married and party, right? But we're definitely, um, we don't care about color. There's nobody wearing white. So if you want to wear white, go for it. I don't care. We're not wearing black. We're getting custom looks made, so we're not even wearing black. So if you want to wear a black tux, that's fine, too. Don't really care. Our entire wedding party is female. We're going to be picking out dresses, and you'll have options to choose from, obviously. Um, But they'll all kind of match. They'll all be by the same designer and that, whatever. The only one that really is, besides the no kids thing, and by the way, we chose a resort that has a family-friendly side, so people are bringing kids, and we're having a welcome party on the beach with, like, performers and bonfire and stuff so the kids can come to that. So there is, like... An activity for the kids, right? Okay. That they can be a part of. Right. The only other thing that that I have made, we've made a hard fast rule on, is no cell phones at our ceremony. Yeah, I love that rule. I think Zero. It's because we're spending so much money on the photographers and videographers, and we've seen so many photos of like you walking down the aisle, and there's all these arms sticking out into the aisle with a I, cell phone. It looks ridiculous. I watched Christine Quinn's wedding on Selling Sunset, and I saw like three phones out Mm-mm. and it totally distracted me from the like million dollar wedding yeah, reception and everything cocktail hour yeah, all that's fine that's but fine. not at the ceremony i think that's the best rule Do i'm I, gonna are, have that rule are there too. rules that i should be thinking of that i'm just not aware of i don't know it's your wedding isn't like a very standard wedding like yeah. i think if you're a bride and you're wearing white 
Nobody should wear white. That's always been the experience. Um, just because it's like the bride's special day. Sure. Um, I think that I like treating the vendors nicely. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. But I don't even know if I would have any rules at my wedding. I don't care. Let loose. It's my wedding. Uh, but I don't look like I don't look at things like that. Like yeah. it's a it's meant to be a party. Well, if you get too drunk and you take that microphone and you start rattling off. I'm going to send you a tequila shot so you will continue living your drunk best life. Well, our reception is next to a swimming pool right on the beach. Mm-hmm. So in a, in a jungle. Like it's a, the most stunning place ever. So I, I feel like somebody's going to end up in the pool at some point. It'll me? probably be you. Yeah, and exactly. And you'll be with me. I'm going to put you in it. But what about the after party? Because it's a four-part wedding. I mean, my hair does dry very naturally, like very curly, and I yeah, look you exotic, do look cute. And yeah, beautiful. you do. Mm-hmm. I could like, I could actually do a look change. So, like, I, there's nothing I'm missing. There's nothing I have to think about. Vanessa, any thoughts on like any, any rules I should have for my wedding guests going into this? Should yes. I be at what? What? If it's a four part wedding, Vanessa's yeah. a stickler. If it's n- <laughs> yeah, no, you give it to us. You if it's a four part wedding, don't get too drunk because then you're not gonna make it. That's true. You're gonna fall asleep. That but, happens to me. How do I enforce that though? Because I'm going to be doing shots at my own wedding. Because we have, so we have the ceremony, and then we have a cocktail hour, and that's when we'll be, you, you'll probably be with me. You're going to be singing at part of the cocktail hour, actually. She's, she's she's offered to sing for our wedding. Yes, I did. Um, but then for part of it, you'll be getting photos, too. You'll be doing photos with all of us. I'm slammed. Right? And then from there, we go to the reception. And then from there, we have an after hours planned to like this nightclub. We have a private VIP area and performers and stuff, and it's a whole thing. You know what, though? To be fair, that's generally how weddings are. They just don't change venues four times. Like, no, like I'm saying, like when you go, you know you're going to the ceremony, the reception, and then having dinner, and then it turns into like a dance party. Yeah. And I think people know... You know, especially the people that you have in your life. I feel like they're really like great stand-up people. They yeah, know how to handle Yeah, we only really stuff. invited people that really know us and that support us and that, that are close to us. So, since it's a destination wedding, the list is a little bit smaller. Yeah. We're still going to have a hundred and some people there, though, so it should be a good time. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. And if there are rules, I will enforce them for you. No, you won't. You're going to break every one of them. I can't help it. It's who I am. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a really, really, really incredible guest sharing just a tragic story that took place in Denver. Uh, he had been um, attacked, got in an Uber to try to get home safely. The Uber driver found out that he was trans because of his identification and said, you need to get out of the car. So uh, we've got Sire Clinky back on the line right now. Sire, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you guys? We're good. Thank you for joining us. Now, so so there's another another layer to your story, and which is why we have you back on today. As so many people are looking at the NCAA and the Swimming Federation right now, uh, and the way they're sort of adjusting their rules, uh, largely in part probably because of Leah Thomas, obviously the singer or the the swimmer from University of Penn, who's breaking all these records, um, and she is a trans swimmer there. Uh, she also uh, previously swam on the men's team there before transitioning, right? So you played women's soccer for the Louisiana Tech University back in 2009. Uh, you, you played for about one season. There's a lot of homophobia that was taking place there. At the time, you were outwardly identifying as a lesbian. Um, so you have a really unique perspective on the trans athlete conversation. What are your thoughts on what's going on right now with the NCAA and the swimming? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, I had the opportunity to play women's 
uh, college soccer. Um, and I also got the opportunity to work in the athletic department under, at the, at the time, the assistant athletic director, Leah Beasley. And so I've gotten the chance to kind of see the inner workings of collegiate athletic departments as well. And it is my full belief that the main thing that needs to change is just the social side of the acceptance. As far as trans athletes being able to participate, I think that is the biggest thing holding, um, holding back all of society. So well, fascinating. You know, Sire, I played school. I played my whole life. I played soccer. And so did my partner, Lisa. She played for um, Santa Barbara. And I was a goalie. And being a goalie was already challenging because I'm five foot two. Um, but I was fast and I was quick and I could do it. And I feel like, you know, you speak about that part. Now, I, I know that if, um, like, Leah Thomas, for example wanted to play soccer against me, like I would absolutely get demolished for a multitude of reasons. Um, so the question is, how do we make this fair? Like, how do we make this? Would it be the answer to make it like weight classes instead, making it co-ed instead, making it like how they do in wrestling, where you have to be similar to the same height and the same weight in order to be on a team? Because honestly, as a cis woman, I would be afraid to play soccer as a goalie with a woman, very respectfully, who um, is much larger than me. Um, I mean, I too am pretty short. I, I I think I'm about the same height as you based on what you just said. I'm about 5'2". Um, I didn't play goalie, but I played forward in midfield. And I 99.9% of the time was um, going up against people much uh, taller and oftentimes um, what would be considered, you know, a higher weight than I was. Um, and, you know, as athletes, we all have, you know, our strengths. And we all have things that can be perceived as weaknesses, regardless of whether we're cis, regardless of whether we're trans. I don't think that that's necessarily the direction I think we should go as far as regulating sports. Um, and one of the reasons for that is what we just saw in the last Olympics, we had you know cis women that were being denied opportunities to compete because their natural testosterone was too high. Um, and I think that highlights that there's not, there's not, yet been space made for intersex athletes. Um, and, and, you know, that's something that they don't have control over, you know, their chromosomes um, that they were born with. So, like, at the end of the day, I do understand the concerns. Um, and I think in some sports there might be, you know, like you said, wrestling and, you know, like, you know, on the pro level, like UFC, MMA, I can understand having certain qualifying, um, you know, I guess standards for particular athletes to compete in certain situations. But I think overall, I think acceptance and getting over the social barriers is going to be the main thing. Because at the end of the day, I can, you know, I can't speak on the trans feminine um, experience, but for the trans masculine experience, I've seen a lot of body changes within my body since starting hormones. Um, and my friends that are um, trans feminine, trans women, um, you know, they too see body different changes as well, whether it be your fat redistribution, your muscle structure changes. But at the end of the day, even though, yes, you are competing against someone who was formerly, you know, male in the situation you and I are talking about, um, you know, playing against each other in soccer, um, I think those factors themselves, the body change factors, the fat, the uh, muscle distribution, 
I think those definitely even the playing field more than the cis community realizes. And I think, you know, part of battling that social um, the social barriers that are in front of us now is through education. Yeah, and I think I think that's so part. I think that that's the thing. I think as long as there's a space to have comfort or uh, conversations about these things, because you mentioned earlier, uh, like female athletes who maybe their testosterone levels are too high and they've been banned from the Olympics. And and I know that uh, Castor Semenya, who is the runner from I believe it's South Africa, uh, was assigned female at birth but identifies as intersex. And there's a lot of speculation about uh, you know whether or not she should actually be competing or not. And it, I think that was sort of the start of this conversation on the Olympic level years ago. Do you think, though, that it is different? Because, listen, I know a lot of people, myself included, who are fully supportive of our trans community but also are asking questions. Is it different when you are a trans female competing in sports than it is a trans male? Because it feels like, and I can understand how women might feel that women already are at the bottom of the totem pole in so many different ways. And then you have somebody who formerly lived and competed as Leah Thomas did for years as a male has the, has the musculature and the structure and the, and the, that competitive edge to transition then and smash these records as a woman. I'm just saying me personally, I might feel some sort of a way. So are the conversations different uh, when it comes to trans male athletes and trans female athletes in your opinion? Um, I don't think so. Um, I've seen athletes, you know, blow just other athletes out of the water, you know, on the Olympic level, on the collegiate level, all competing within, you know, the realm of cisgender. So I don't think that Leah Thomas breaking some records is, you know, showing any sort of physical um, attributes that trans women have over cis women in competition. Um, If you look at her, you know, overall um, competitive record, she is very, um, you know, competitive with many women, um, cisgendered women in her sport. So I don't think, especially on the topic of Leah Thomas, I don't think that's something that makes as much of a difference as people currently believe. And again, I think that's just we need to be more educated as a society on, you know, what it means to transition. And I think we really need to be more educated in society on intersex individuals because completely cutting out intersex individuals from competing in sports would be just horrific. Mm. Many people don't even realize they're intersex until later on in life. It's not something that, you know, even though it is has some physical uh, manifestations for some individuals, it's not something that, you know, I think anybody should be discriminated. Well, Sire, we appreciate you joining us as always. Thank you for having these conversations with us and bringing so much. Yeah, we really appreciate you. Uh, we will talk to you very soon. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. The Morning B Channel Q. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. We have a fantastic final hour coming up for you here on the show. So thank you for hanging out with us as always. Coming up in about 13 minutes from right now, uh, there's a group called Undercover Mothers. Uh, that are working to fight wokeness in schools across America. Uh, what on earth does that mean? Why do we need to fight it? Are they like the million moms? There's really like like 80 of them. Where there was seven moms. Yeah, but they say there are a million moms. Is yeah. it like that? Cause... Honestly, I'm going to start doing my publicity like that. I'm like, I literally won American Idol season four. I started in the Titanic, and mm-hmm. then I came to work at Channel Q. Like, That's we can just say whatever we want. Quite the trajectory. 
There it is. Was I also, good in Titanic? Also, is it okay to like Lady Gaga if you're straight? You, you'll never believe it, but this one, this story is wild. This woman is upset with her husband for not just being a fan of Lady Gaga, for taking it one step further and finding a friend that she did not approve of. And we we're going to have a conversation about that a little bit later mm-hmm. on this hour. Right now, though, it's time for news on the beat. Michaela, what's happening? Okay, well, the former president of the human rights campaign contending that a pattern of racial discrimination led to his firing last year after he advised the office of then New York Governor Andrew M. Cuomo on its response to sexual harassment allegations. Alfonso David, a black civil rights attorney, describes in the legal complaint a racist biased culture at the organization he led for more than two years. He claims that board members told him that he was initially paid less because he is black. He says he was encouraged by a board member to stop mentioning his race in public comments. He also recounts being told by a senior HRC executive that his public support for racial justice risked alienating white donors and specifically white gay men. The same senior executive, according to the complaint, criticized a black staff member for meeting with a black owned consulting firm without a white person present because the firm's employees might perform worse if they think they're working for people of their race. The lawsuit is likely to add fuel to simmering frustrations at the HRC and within the broader liberal activist community about accusations within their ranks of overt and implicit workplace discrimination and bias. Listen, I'll say this. There, uh, there is racism within our community, and I'm sure there's racism within HRC. And to call it out probably makes a lot of white guys feel uncomfortable, but that's okay. I remember I took my partner to the HRC gala a few years ago. Tell this story. And uh, I will tell you this, all night long, I got eyeballs left and right, and guys would flat out flirt with me, grown men, white men. 99% of the people there were white men and they're probably 50s and 60s and maybe some my age because they have younger boyfriends and <laughs> no Tino shade and just flat out rude to my partner ignored him left and right one man went so far as to come up and ask if he could buy me a cocktail and I said um sure yeah well, honey what do you want and he goes oh I don't have enough cash on me for one and I was like are you people are so me? crazy well, I thought we were like doing a thing like a friendship thing here and this is me and my partner and you're literally as we're standing there arm in arm gonna walk up to me and try to buy me a drink and not my partner get out of here get out of here I mean, racism runs deep in, in, in every subculture in America including our own so to hear that there's problems with race at the HRC doesn't surprise me no like I hope they address it yeah I know it's uncomfortable yeah nobody wants to hear it but it's there yeah, but it's, like, not about you. It's about, like, honoring and validating other people's Sure, and feelings. I understand. But you can also have that conversation and also say, was was Alfonso doing inappropriate things? You know, it, it, maybe offering his services uh, under the table or to the side to the former governor of New York? Yeah, that can also be true. But that doesn't also mean just by saying, well, he was doing something maybe bad, that doesn't mean racism wasn't also part of the equation. Yeah. We can walk and chew gum at the same time, people. All right, let's get into weather. It's 52 in New York, 66 in LA, 55 in Vegas, and 66 in Palm Springs. Give us a vibe of the day. Happiness is not something ready-made. It comes from our own actions. Take action today to make yourself a little happier. I love that. I think that's so great. What are you going to do to make you happy? Oh, any number of things. Maybe just stare at your bun. Oh, any number of things? Not your buns. Your bun on top of your head. Oh, my so you bun know. on top so of my you head. Don't start flirting with me and try to sleep with me. Oh, my God. The AJ, if you don't me. stop, they're going to literally think this. You're in love with me. I'm going to kill you. You know? The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. 
Wokeness is infiltrating our highest, uh, high, highest, highest society, private schools in New York City. They are mm-hmm. the future of our nation, right? They are going to be the thought leaders and the, and, the, and the movers and the shakers that formulate what the next iteration of American culture is. That's the thought process, right? Now, oftentimes that tends to be true. Right, people who have more money can influence more things, which is why this group of women, mothers in particular, have banded together in New York City and now nationwide. They call themselves undercover mothers, and they are fighting wokeness in schools. Uh, they are a stealth guerrilla powerhouse. There's about 25 of them, and they came out of um, the need in their minds to push back against things like critical race theory. Uh, trans bathrooms and schools and the things that their children are being taught now. Now, on one hand, I can think this is ridiculous. Let's laugh them off. There's 25 or so of them in this group. They use um, online like apps that keep their identities hidden. They don't even know each other's last names when they communicate with each other. And they do that for their own safety because they're afraid that woke culture is going to take them out. Right. Well, now there are other uh, organizations like theirs popping up in different cities across the country. They're in Los Angeles. Uh, they're in Miami. Uh, and it's starting to grow. There's even conversations that woke fathers is the next iteration of this thing. Well, I have a problem. Just one quick thing. If you believe so deeply in what you're talking about, why be undercover? Why be anonymous? That part. Like that's when I feel like people can't be honest with other people or honest with themselves, but they want to start criticizing woke culture. Like, girl, what are you afraid of? Just be honest then. Well, they're afraid of change, it seems like. And they're afraid of queerness. They're afraid of uh, their, their, their children being taught any sort of critical race theory learning about the the actual history of our country and i think all that does is propagates and reiterates like all these these systems that we created that were created long before we were ever here right hundreds of years ago to protect you know white people in particular from the truth and the longer it goes on the harder it is to dismantle totally and it's slowly being dismantled in little you know places and pockets around the country and some of these mothers are very very upset about that but you know what's so crazy as things are being dismantled and things are being changed nobody is asking for white people to lose anything it is really people saying hey can we all just be equal can we all have a seat at the table white people black people we don't want to cancel anybody and i think that's what's so interesting the fact that like these very conservative moms who want to be undercover um they want to protect their kids because they think they have this idea of like the wonder years and the wonder years was so great with the white picket fence and the food on the table and it it was such great memories. But do you know that every person, including my own family, that grew up with that wonder years type of vibe, you know how many of them turned out to be drug addicts or literally <laughs> ended up getting wrong? My right. own mother included because totally. it was such a fake world totally. that nobody talked about anything. And then they went on to have to grow up and still navigate very natural emotions and feelings and having to suppress everything they ever felt. Like, let's talk about that. Well, what's fascinating about this group, though, is that not only is there undercover mothers, there are Asian undercover mothers. There's like subcategories oh. within it. Oh. So I'm like, so, so, so you're even willing to, once again, separate yourselves into these little subcategories based on race or ethnicity to fight wokeness. Like the irony in the fact that they are just so 
unable to see a society where we can all just coexist and they're they're actually doing to themselves what they want to do you know to to the way that our children are taught they want to separate themselves off into these little small groups and they want their kids to learn only what they want their kids to learn at schools like Dalton Dalton Academy it's one of the most premier uh, prep schools in the entire nation and they want to protect them from what trans rights conversations about race and about slavery and about how it really happened we were seeing what's happening in Florida right now and you think it's easy to think oh that's Florida it's Ron DeSantis right don't say gay bill that's only Florida this is Manhattan mm-hmm. this is like the liberal epicenter of the world we're yeah. talking about and this is what's happening there listen I can't imagine what it would be like to be a parent right now fair that part Right. Because I do believe there are certain things that maybe we shouldn't be. We don't necessarily need to teach our kids until they're ready for it. I get that. Be fair. The things that I'm cool with for myself are not things I would necessarily be cool with for my children. But a good example, though, is a couple of years ago, we were at your birthday brunch and we were watching a drag show. And your good friend, Kimberly Caldwell, brought her daughter, who was four or five. We're fighting right now. At the same same time. She was like a young kid. (laughs) And, and and some people would think that is very problematic. Listen, she and got a she lot of lived, hate. Lived her best life and just was not judging a single soul. She got. I love Kimberly for this. She brought her five year old to my party, and her five year old is handing dollar bills to the drag queens. Yes, she sure and was. And I filmed it on my IG story. Yep. And we got a lot of backlash for that. And Kim really didn't care, and I didn't really care. And it was teaching the message that, like, there, there's nothing bad in the world. There's nothing scary if you're exposed to it. Now, certain things you shouldn't be. Of course. But it was just the the thing of, like, we're celebrating our community. We're celebrating art. We're celebrating the art of drag. Like, it's nothing bad. And um, it makes the kids smarter and more open when they go out into the real world where they would not be sheltered. Can I get an amen? Listen, I love young people who stand up for what's right. And as more and more school districts across the country vote to ban books, I can't even believe we're saying that in 2022, uh, students have begun have begun to take matters into their own hands. Uh, I'd like you to meet uh, Jocelyn Diffenbaugh. That's a, that's a last name. She's 14 years old, an eighth grader at Kutztown at, at, uh, Middle School in Pennsylvania. Uh, has always been an avid, avid reader. Prior to this school year, though, she told her mom she wanted to start a book club. Just another excuse to haul her latest read around and discuss it with her peers. I did not want to be in a book club at 14. Um, but then uh, this young girl started hearing about books being banned in various states and watched as her parents started receiving mailers from candidates running for local school board calling for books to be banned in their school district, too. So then her plans shifted and the banned book club was born. She said she was recently on the uh, on the Today Show and said, I have a really big love for books and I really just want to let people have access to all of these books and really see why they are trying to ban them. So far, about four, uh, 15 different students attend the book club um, and around 300 students attend the middle school right now. Uh, and she's trying to expand on that. It's wild to think they're banning books. Crazy. Like it's 100 years ago or something. But um, whenever things like this happen, people step up. And, and she's an example of that. 14 years old. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. All right. Well, we want to continue celebrating Black History Month. And so we're going to honor uh, black men and women um, 
particularly today, a black lesbian woman that I was obsessed with. Gladys Bentley, she was born in 1907 and died in 1960. She was a gender-bending performer during the Harlem Renaissance. Donning a top hat and tuxedo, Bentley would sing the blues in Harlem establishments like the Clam House. And according to a belated obituary published in 2019, the New York Times said Bentley, who died in 1960 at the age of 52, was Harlem's most famous lesbian in the 1930s and among the best-known black entertainers in the uh, United States. And she was. If you look at photos of her, imagine being so ahead of your time that you're wearing a tuxedo and a top hat in the 1940s mm. and singing the blues. In Harlem. It was incredible. I love, just yesterday we mentioned uh, Willie Ninja too, also out of Harlem, and, and how many icons, icons came out. I lived in Harlem for one year. I was not an icon, and uh, that's all I got to say. But you're about an icon that. now. <laughs> well, working on it. I think you are. Well, we have a great show for you tomorrow. We're also kicking into the weekend. I'm so ready. So as always, thank you for listening. We're going to continue having important conversations during Black History Month. Yes, and thank you to our guests today. We had some fantastic, fantastic conversations on the show that I personally appreciate. Uh, there was space created for for difficult conversations. But Sire Clanky, thank you so much for joining us as yes. always to have the conversation. On trans athletes and Dr. Alfie uh, for Therapy Thursdays. Incredible Andre Perry is going to be joining us on Monday for Money Mondays. We're super excited about that, talking about black uh, generational wealth. So look forward to that next week. But uh, what a day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as always, thank you for listening to our show. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.